Hello. That's so adorable. I told you I did it! I got it! I mean, TTRPGs are about fun and about collaboration. The, what this all builds, what this is all building towards, is more empathetic connections between people. There you go. Go there in the end. Hello, and welcome to Delightful Dungeon Diving, a tea or coffee table podcast dedicated to talking TTRPGs and character development. We like to frame our episodes around the idea of sharing a beverage and snack with one another. And for our bewitching beverage of the day, we're going to throw it to Emily. Thank you, Hannah. Today's bewitching beverage, I have chosen the most fabulous of all the milkshakes, the banana milkshake. Mm. I have to say it is the best milkshake of all the milkshakes, and no one can tell me otherwise. Come find me. You are back in my food good graces. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Bad graces. (laughs) <laughs> good food opinions. Yep. And what you know, any good banana milkshake has to have an extra scoop or two of vanilla ice cream, obviously. And to lead on with that wonderful little clue, let's go and see what our scene is all about. Murph has been in the adventuring game a long time. In fact, no one really knows just how old Murph is, but the more pressing question is usually how the aged adventurer manages to swing around all the terrifying weapons they've accumulated. However wizened, Murph still approaches new magical items with a childlike sense of, holy crap, this thing is cool. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> Love that speed change. <laughs> <laughs> very, very good. All right. Uh, hmm. <clears throat> Aurelia is unpleasant. No two ways about it. They have a mean streak to put an owlbear to shame. However, Aurelia is very, very... Aurelia is a very, very potent spellcaster and has adopted a mentality that capability makes up for manners, so opinions of them do not matter. Amazing. Well done. Harnassus is a wary and justifiably so... Harnassus is mystifyingly unlucky and has taken the brunt of magical effects unleashed on the party. Part of the problem is surely that as hapless as Harnassus is, they can't help but be optimistic and curious about new magical items. Zagman Malazar has held dominion over the final forest for centuries. They've no use for the magical trinkets that litter their lair and are more than willing to reward worthy adventurers. In fact, Zagnamalazar loves gift-giving so much that they tend to find any reason at all to qualify adventurers as worthy. <laughs> We're all going to have so much fun with <laughs> In the lair of Zagna Malazar the Magnanimous, we find our adventurers happily sorting through magical artifacts and weaponry, gifted to them by their gracious host. <laughs> now, now this is a sword! Look at, look at our asses! Look how it glows blue! Oh, that is, that is pretty. Uh, let me take a closer look. Hey, do you, do you smell elderberries? Okay, buddy, you you should back up. I, I swear, you're a magnet for mayhem, you are. And for you, Spellslinger, this tome of spells inscribed by none other than Saturnazar the Sagacious... No, no, I don't need to know the dead mage's name. Oh, S- Satur- Saturnazar is not dead. The, the book was a gift. So easily parted with, then. 
Perhaps these spells aren't powerful enough for my consideration. Oh, then could I could I have the book? No, I'm still keeping it. Ah, wonderful. Do not fret, Harnassus, for I have the perfect item for you. If it involves a gas, a blast, or some sort of summoning ritual that must be performed perfectly, you'd be better thinking of someone else for hapless Harnassus here. You go swing some swords over there, Murph. I'm I'm sure whatever I get will be great. I'm not spending resources to turn you back from a donkey again. Uh, a, a donkey? Well, most curious, perhaps a different... No, no, please. Uh, I, I want to try whatever you've picked out for me. Well, if you insist, behold, the Sphere of Infinite Mumbo Jumbo. Oh, it's so shiny, and there's gold dust inside. The Sphere of Infinite. Wait, what was that last bit? Ah, hamsters. The Sphere of Infinite Hamsters. And what exactly does this hamster ball do? Is that a pirate ship I see in there? I'm really excited to see how this one backfires on you, Hanassus. The Sphere of Infinite Hamsters will, once per day, summon forth a miniature pirate ship crewed by several dozen ethereal hamsters. The ship will fly across a straight line, colliding with whatever foe you have set before you. The hamsters are also quite skilled cannoneers and will fire at will at any enemies in their path. This is amazing. Oh, I can see the little guys in there. They're so cute. Yes. Oh, I am so happy you like it. That item was designed by a child, you know. Wait up. How young was this kid? Is this thing stable? The hamsters are loyal to me, right? Oh, that ball is absolutely going to kill you somehow. Hey, 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 Zagamanistar. This is a spear. Do you know it plants daisies wherever you throw it? Oh, yes, the daisy spade. Wonderful weapon. It creates life where one might be taken. I am going to create the most delightful graveyards with this. And the spell here, it's listed only as Jonathan? What does that do? Best not to use that spell. It summons an illusion. A jaunty fellow in King's regalia named Jonathan. The issue is the illusion is somewhat corporeal and will not dissipate. So it can only be cast once? Has it already been? No! It can be cast endlessly. And there are currently at my count 11 Jonathans roaming the world. They like to sing. <laughs> Was that another one thought up by? By children, yes, just so. I should really take better inventory of these items in the future, but please. Enjoy the rewards of your deeds and go forth into the world to do good. Hey, should should Arnassus be shaking that ball? If you stop him, I'll turn your weapons into pillows. Hey, I think this sphere is defect. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> and scene. That was delightfully unhinged. That was the most fun I. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. That was the most fun I've had in quite a while. I hope you all enjoyed that scene as well. And uh, Harnassus, wherever you are, God bless you. (laughs) 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 And now for, I suppose, some intros for us and a little odd fact about us too. I'm going to go first, you lucky devils. 
I am Emily and my pronouns are she, her. A little odd fact about me. I suppose it's linked to this episode a little bit. I quite like to collect gargoyles. Yep, that's right. Gargoyles. Um, They are currently all in storage, which is a real shame, so I can't show you any of them. Um, But I suppose technically they are grotesques uh, because gargoyles are the ones that spout water. So when you see them on the cathedrals, the ones that are kind of like the gutters, they're technically Mm -hmm. the gargoyles. Mm. And the grotesques are just the little like creepy dudes that are sitting on the sides. Um, But I quite like the idea that they are designed to ward off evil spirits. Um, That's why they're so ugly. Uh, So basically it would scare away anything bad. So when I was young, I thought they would be good to keep away my nightmares. Um, So I had a room filled with gargoyles. (laughs) That's delightful. Um, So a little magic item of my own, I suppose. uh, Yeah. Uh, Emily, I feel compelled to ask, you collect these legally, correct? Because I was under the impression that they are part of like historical buildings. (laughs) Stealing them off of cathedrals wherever I go. Um, Yes. Emily Sledgehammer Graymore. I'm going to take that with me. Thank you very much. That's my new middle name. Um, yeah, no, just like uh, cast replicas and sort of like um, carved ah. ones, like things that people have made. So, yeah, they're cool. Working with ideas. Awesome. Uh, I suppose that brings us over to me. Uh, my name is Ibrahim. I use he, him pronouns. Um, fun fact about me. See, this is where we enter into the, the, the bad zone because I don't... I. Literally, I feel like I've mentioned every single aspect of my life that is at all notable. <laughs> but last time I said that, I then remembered I hadn't revealed I had a bearded dragon. So there's got to be something. Um, yeah, we could do that. A fun fact about me, my favorite color is purple. It used to be red, but I grew out of red. Added a bit more blue into the red. Got yourself some purple. Very true. I like Very it. Very true. You, you, Why you purple? tempered the red with the blue. Now you've reached your final form. Exactly. <laughs> you evolved. It's part of growing up. You you learn to temper your favorite color with a uh, a complementary color. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm Hannah, pronouns are she, her. And my fun fact this week, I guess, is that I uh, sew. And I've actually been sewing since I was in high school. Um, started doing a little hand sewing before that, but really got into it, mainly in cosplay in high school. And uh, occasionally, I make dice bags, um, as I am actually working on one as we speak, uh, as a gift for a uh, Critical Role fan uh, international gift exchange called Critmas that I participate in. Uh, and as part Critmas. of my gift, I'm That's making so a dice bag for the person I'm giving a gift to. That's really cute. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Perfect idea for those looking for gifts for the holidays. There you go. Love it. I, I don't do them for hire yet. Uh, <laughs> Everyone store, hit up her TikToks are asking for dice bags. Uh, <laughs> I do not make dice bags for hire at the moment. I do not sew. I sew for my own pleasure. It's a hobby. I do not sew for others at the moment. Yeah, Everybody send enough. her fabric. <laughs> yes. Yes. Send fabric. That's fine. Yes. Well, uh, that's me. I'm Nick. Uh, My pronouns are he, him. And an odd fact about myself is, ah, uh, I've recently learned that my hand has been broken for four years. So Uh, there's my odd fact. (laughs) Uh, I broke my... 
<laughs> I broke a, a bone in my wrist slash hand in 2018 and uh, waited about a year to have surgery on it. Uh, the surgery was just to put in some hardware so I could continue doing the things I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, as expected, uh, the hardware has shifted. Oh, so dear. Oh. now I just need to have the hardware removed and hope that the bone will eventually heal on its own. So, Oh, oh wow. <laughs> oh, God. Your body's yeah, like, gotta, no, I don't need that stuff. I'm good on my own. Just got to hold on for about two months uh, so we can hit deductible on the new year because healthcare yeah. is wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> good Lord. Pretty cool. So this brings us over to our Splendid Snack. Um, I think the Splendid Snack today for the topic of magic items is going to be homemade. I'm specifying homemade. uh, A homemade fruitcake. Because if you buy a fruitcake at a store, it is going to suck. It's going to be ass. (laughs) It's not going to be tasty. Um, They dry out way too easily. However, if you make one at home, they are delightful. Wonderful. Make sure to add all the alcohol to that fruitcake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and leave it in your cupboard under the stairs for six months minimum. Oh, jeez. Poison I think, everybody? I think, that y- <laughs> I, I think that y'all don't want to make a good splendid snack. It really seems like y'all want a snack that's going to be bad. Ferment the You're talking to the Fermented fruitcake is what we're advocating here. Right, fermented fruitcake. But I think, I think <laughs> cupboard under the stairs... Yeah, it's still leave not. It, leave it in the cupboard under the stairs, and at least okay. for the long, for at least six months. This is what a friend hmm. of mine used to do, or her mum. And then you'd feed it every once in a while. So you'd People? go into the stairs, and you'd feed the cake. <laughs> just a little bit more brandy, it's like a sourdough just, starter pour situation, it, or pour it on, and then it'll just absorb more and more and more brandy. Like you go in and just like top it up. Well, sure, surely it's going to be saturated with brandy. It's I know. Is this, is this an English-American miscon- mistranslation thing? Like, what do you call a fruitcake? Oh, maybe it is. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a more traditional fruitcake. Uh, yeah, that's like I'm talking like Christmas cake type. Like, Okay. I'm pretty yeah. sure back in, like, in the 1800s or before when fruitcake was really a popular thing, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, the well, I'm just yeah. curious about the constant brandy feedings. That's what, that's where it's throwing me. What you're maybe because... thinking of is probably like what the Americans turned it into in the 60s when they ruined all food. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the general era. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> the 50s and 60s. So Don't welcome to our podcast where we talk about fruitcake. We <laughs> talk about specifically fruitcake and how much brandy you should feed it. Um, yep. I believe. Yeah, today's topic is actually magic items. So. Just off the bat, I think I do have a question for all y'all. Do you have a favorite magic item? Oh my goodness. Such a broad question. Okay. I'm going to start off with one that we used in the scene. Uh, my inspiration, not inspiration, that I completely ripped, I, I ripped off a kid for this idea. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They, they came into one of my campaigns with this item and I adjusted it to, to be leveled so it wasn't overpowered or anything. That's so cute. Mm-hmm. Oh, so all of the items you said in the, the script, you kept saying that they were. Oh yeah, no, this, I ripped, they I ripped this off were from a kid. <laughs> yeah, the, the the Jonathan spell completely created by kids. It's a it's an oh, illusion that goes God. around Rick rolling everybody. Uh, oh the gosh. infinite hamster ball, oh which summons a miniature pirate ship captained by essentially a Jack Sparrow lookalike hamster. 
so we can't play it here on the podcast, but I always play the He's a Pirate theme song when the kid uses this this mm. item. Uh, so yeah, the Infinite Hamster Ball is one of my favorites lately. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I suppose my favorite magic item um, is a homebrewed one, actually, um, and it's in our campaign at the moment. Um, just because it includes a pun as well. So, um, gotta love it. <clears throat> but it's the the law axe. Yeah. And it speaks for the trees. Uh, oh, <laughs> it's so good. It's so uh, good. It's That's amazing. axe that I think, like, uh, I think it's once a day. Um, that they can basically use it to kind of speak to the trees, literally. Um, and it has this most amazing kind of New Jersey accent. Um, (laughs) and uh, so we can well the the wielder can ask the trees kind of like what they've seen um, in the kind of like vicinity if they know anything things like that so it's kind of like an augury thing I guess of sorts Um, but yeah it's very very fun and I'm absolutely enamored with it so that's my favorite magic item (laughs) so I I might have two functionally speaking as someone who likes to play sneaky sneaky rogues when i play fifth edition uh i like uh crap what is it called um cloak of no boots of elegant kind i think it is boots Mm -hmm. of elegant kind because it gives you advantage on sneak so functionally i like that but narratively uh an item that i really love for other players at my table to have because i don't think i'm clever enough to actually pull it off in the moment but something that my table calls the Ring of Misspell. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That I've mentioned yeah. a couple of times on the podcast already, which uh, the gist is you change one letter in the spell, and then how does that change what the spell's function is? Um, Very cool. Yeah. So, I like, really, really like that. instead of wish, it's fish. But what a set, like, what a ninth level spell called fish would do, I don't know. <laughs> but, like, examples like that. Or instead of, shat- instead of Shatter, somebody cast Shatner. I can't remember what that did as well. Um, I have to imagine it summoned Bill Shatner. <laughs> yeah, but that's an option. So yeah, just something that has so much power of creativity in the hands of my friends who are very into puns uh, and has been a ton of joy for us because of that. I bet. I bet. Ibrahim, mm. what about you? I think... This is a bit more of a mundane magical item, but if you if I were to really simplify it down to one item, my favorite magical item has been Heward's Handy Spice Pouch, um, which is a very simple magical item. It's a belt pouch that is empty and has 10 charges, and while you're holding the pouch, you can use an action to spend a charge, speak the name of any non-magical food seasoning, and remove a pinch of the desired seasoning from the pouch. Um, And the pinch is always big enough to season one meal. Um, That's cool. It is just a little flavor thing that you can have that you can say, okay, my food will never be unseasoned. (laughs) Up to 10 times a day, I will be able to produce seasoning for my food. It's just a fun little flavor thing. I like that. That's really Literally fun little flavor thing. Fun Um, little flavor thing. Yeah, that's (laughs) alternate name for the pouch. I think that's uh you know that that's a good way to demarcate um magical items into different categories because there can be those magical items that 
they don't have a mechanically powerful effect for the actual, you know, tactical side of the game. It can be a purely narrative thing, but there's also potential there that, you know, our little flavor pouch can actually maybe come in handy in a situation. It, it offers room for creativity later for how it can be used as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think if I were to like put them into overarching categories, it would probably be something like uh, flavor, social utility, combat something like yeah. that yeah i like that i like that um i think sometimes uh in certain games that have a very particular uh magical item economy there's a tendency for uh gms to sort of hesitate on allowing players to have magical items especially yeah. magical mm-hmm. items of a particular rank or power but i think an important thing to remember is that if that is the sort of stuff that you and your party have if that's If your party has these magical items, your party should sort of be like a slice out of the world, right? So if that's the case, then what does the big bad have? There, Uh, You can balance upwards instead of Mm -hmm. like preventing people from taking these magical items because it's fun to play with magic items. Mm -hmm. I think as well, it depends on how much magic you want in your world. Some people have very low magic worlds um so having something like your sort of you know bag of um spices is actually a nice low magic sort of just little thing to have whereas something you know goodness knows uh sensor of controlling air elements i mean who knows like you know that's really really out there (laughs) i've got Mm. the list up here because i was just like i need inspiration um uh you know, that could be something that doesn't fit in the world and it's a bit too out there, but that you can still have magic items that are literally flavored, um, but depending on your sort of like magic level of your world. But like you said, mm. you can you can level up, you know, you can kind of like push that up if they want to. Because I feel like your players are the heroes of your world. They are right. mm-hmm. the extraordinary. They should be allowed to show that they are extraordinary and powerful and amazing. Um, yeah. Obviously, to an extent that you want to do that too, but um, I think it's you know give them something a little bit special, make them stand out, and make them feel amazing in in the game that they're playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. also there's there's something to say for magic items where it's based on something that exists either in your game's handbook or mm. something that you've heard somebody else do that really only changes things from a flavor perspective that um you you don't always have to make something a huge change Mm -hmm. it could be an item that usually uh affects you know fire damage and maybe you're letting it be ice even though everything as written by the rules always says this is a fire item we'll change the name slightly and change the item and it's just changing one little element about it um literally um but it doesn't. <laughs> We're necess- all for the puns today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, just tons of puns. Um, no. But it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a significant change to make it something new and fun for your players. Mm, absolutely, yeah, um, you know, uh, accommodating a player, and I, I do this all the time because you know, with, with, with kids, they've made a certain player type. And then there's a really cool weapon that they all find, but it's of a if it, it's of a kind that their character wouldn't really use. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, it doesn't have to be a it doesn't have to be a spear. We can make this into a club. That's okay. Let me reflavor exactly. this. And right. 
as a you know as Ibrahim said, a lot of GMs can have trouble with um, giving out magic items, and mm-hmm. I'm of two schools of thought. One, as Emily mentioned, yeah, let these heroes be heroes, let them get the cool stuff. Um, but also on the other side, rewarding your players, but also in something of a sparse way. If you're gonna, if you're only gonna give them one magic item for a long while, build mm-hmm. that item up, give some lore into it, give some interesting little things that they can discover about it, so that it really means something when they're using it. Right. Uh, one aspect of magical items, I think, it's overlooked. I will always relate back to my favorite video game of all time, Baldur's Gate, because it's the most influential piece of TTRPG media I've ever consumed. But there's a, spoilers for a 25-year-old game, there's a character (laughs) in there, a a red dragon by the name of uh, Firecrag. And when you defeat Firecrag, there's a, a huge treasure hoard you can get. And one of the main items is this incredibly powerful greatsword, Karsimir. The thing about it, and I know a lot of people listening who played that game are all like getting excited. The thing about that sword I never thought about before as a kid was why did the dragon have that sword? Oh, yeah. Who came to face Fearcrag with Karsimir and failed? And what was yeah. their story? So when you're yeah. giving magic items, as Ibrahim said, to your BBEG, what items do they have? In their hoard, in their rewards, that could be part of it. What's the history behind that item? Why did it end up here? There's an entire video game series based on this concept, uh, the Soul Calibur series. So, you know, what's the history of that item? can always be a fun Mm -hmm. little thing to put in for your players. Yeah. Another thing that just occurred to me is, what about items that level up with your character? I was literally just yeah. thinking that if you're starting you know, with like your dad's sword that's like really special to the family or something, you don't want to just cast it aside when you get a plus one when you reach right. level three. Oh, right. that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Giving you reason. Oh, I to love keep doing it. things besides doing just a flat plus one and mm. instead having effects that sort of build and change over time. I think those yeah. are so much more interesting than plus ones on weapons. Yeah. Agreed. That, that's a cool idea. The, um, there, there is a mechanism. Um, I don't know if it's an official mechanism in, in D&D 5e, but TTRPGs in general, you can have a mechanism of awakening. You know, you mm-hmm. awaken a new part of the weapon as you get more attuned to it, as you get more used to using it. Um, that's kind of the Voltron approach, right? Like you unlock new abilities as you get more familiar with the thing. But I... This is why I love brainstorming because I love the idea that using that not only to make uh, an item more powerful, but keeping a sentimental item and being able to hold on to that. That's a cool idea. Yeah. It's funny you should say Awakened Weapons because I would love to uh, just give a quick shout out to Awakened Weapons for 5e, which is, I believe, over on itch.io. I believe that's just part of the... Nice segue. I think it was part of the trans rights bundle or the ttrpg for trans rights texas that's that awesome. went live in 2020 i don't know could have been Awakened 2022 weapons. 21 could be any time in the past four years I, time is meaningless so do i just create things by speaking them into existence is that how this works <laughs> i think I so mean, yes oh man why was i ever a teacher i could have just made money on this <laughs> amazing I I do really love the Awakened Weapons thing because it has these um, magical weapons that will scale to your character by level as you grow, as you 
get stronger. Um, and then you can unlock, uh, it also has like mechanisms for, okay, here's how we recommend you make a new one. It's, it's so great. It, each of the weapons has like its own kind of personality to it where it's like, oh, this yeah. feels really appropriate for this kind of character. It's just delightful. I like that. And it gives me this idea of another overlooked thing. Um, you talk about longevity of these weapons or these items. If you're playing a campaign or running a campaign, a West March style where it's a persistent world and player decisions matter for the next group of players. If you have a player character death, the stuff they were wearing, the stuff they left behind, don't forget about that stuff. Mm -hmm. Leave it where it was. And for oh, other players, now they get some lore. Um, and they can go, you know, find these things and you give them a little history of a previous player in one of your campaigns as well. There's Mold nothing the better than literally like when you're playing a, like a video game and then you come across like the, the skeletal remains of some other poor adventurer. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes there's like a little diary with it or something and you get to kind of like learn a little thing about them. I really love that kind of thing. That's great. It's like yeah, the moment idea. in Legend of Zelda, if Link were to ever ask the fairy, like, wait a second. Have you ever given a sword to someone else before and asked them to do this? <laughs> How many of me have there been? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> well, like uh, sometimes people play who play with consistent tables will play in the same the any given GM's same world at time after time after mm -hmm. time. Um, I know two of the GMs that I play with; they have a consistent world, but we might play there one full campaign and then the next time we play with that gm it's the same world 800 years later and nice, what's changed nice. and do we ever come in contact with anything that refers to the past characters like we had one guy played um the descendant of his character he played the mm -hmm. first game with this mm -hmm. gm and he inherited the family sword i think it was a sword and the sword was uh, sentient and had the essence of that past character within it. I love and it. so it was a really funny moment where this player, I mean, he knew all of this above board because he had played the character in the past, but his new character had this idea of his ancestor, the great hero. And then he no. finds out that the guy's like kind of a dick. <laughs> Ooh, I love that. Yeah. And uh, if I'm remembering this correctly, oh, I could glorious. Mike, apologies sort of if I'm misremembering uh, all of this. But if I recall correctly, he, you know, he found out the truth of his ancestor, which was not horrible, but very much shattered his perceptions. Yeah. yeah. And was, was you know, trying to influence him of how to keep the family's legacy intact and, and all of this um, mm -hmm. and so sometimes sentient weapons or sentient items can be interesting though they also can be huge minefield as well yeah yeah i do like having their own agenda an item with its own agenda is very mm -hmm. very fun for mm -hmm. me and that yeah. that makes me think of the natural evolution of that too if if you're in a persistent campaign world or not even this could just be the background maybe it turns out your bbeg is actually a sentient weapon or item that's been left alone Ooh. for too long and has oh. just started <gasps> manifesting its own desires oh my God. Uh, finding ways to do that so 
magic items are so much here (laughs) i mean look at lord of the rings i mean literally the ring was you know the bbeg like basically entirely yeah (laughs) um yeah so it's like come with me let's go and do this thing right boy um yeah i mean it's just yeah i i love that idea Um, the only thing you have to worry about with stuff like that is make sure that if it's something that could potentially like if you have a sentient weapon that could potentially dominate your character and mm-hmm. therefore take agency away from them, make sure everybody's on the same page about that. Because I know personally yeah. myself as a player, having agency taken away from me mm-hmm. without and without knowing it ahead of time, without leaning into that and playing into that is something that I really that really ruins my fun very quickly. Yeah. So make sure mm-hmm. that you're if there is an item that you have that could dominate your character make sure that that player is aware of that and consents to revoking that element of their agency um, and playing along with that storyline. I was going to say the other alternative is have the player play the sentient weapon. Um, Oh, It's like uh, with, uh, is it the Adventure Zone? With Duck Newton. um, Yes. (laughs) He plays the sword. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's not Doc Noon, it's the other other character. But anyway, you know what I mean. In the adventure zone, there's the sentient sword, and he plays the sentient sword. Um, and yes. he gets to have that fun with his character, and he gets to have complete agency over that. But yeah, if you have yeah. designs of the ultimate BBEG being this weapon at the end, then definitely, yeah, Hanny, you're right. It's making sure the player is okay with that. <laughs> it's like I will be controlling this thing i think that's a good way around that is to allow the player to take over that position because Mm -hmm. there's there's even been a a couple different ttrpg podcasts recently actual play podcasts where they ran into these situations Uh, a character got affected by a silent spell or something like that and then they immediately realized oh wait this is not fun for an audio medium play Uh, role playing (laughs) never mind let's do something different and so yeah yeah, with your items you got to think if they have a negative effect or a curse Mm -hmm. on and curses can be really fun but absolutely, especially I think Hannah really hit it on the head. Uh, almost anathema to role playing games is having agency taken away. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. there's ways to do it if you're anticipating it, but yeah, that that that's a that's a big line to cross and one you got to prepare for. Yeah, for sure. Players to... don't have fun when they're not actually playing. Oh, um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. <laughs> To give uh, to give our listeners some help, I thought we could maybe look at the ways you can craft your own magical items for your campaigns because I feel like that's that's one of the one of the first things GMs do is create characters and then you create items or populate a world with items and it's a, it's such a big part of a game, but a lot of people can be intimidated at how to do it, um, what the guidelines mm-hmm. are. So Ibrahim, do you have any? Uh, any advice for people? Yeah. So um, I've only made probably a handful of magic items for player character use. I've made more magic items that are sort of like storied or like legend or there's legends about their existence. But I think uh, starting to create a magic item for your players to potentially use can start really simply with what does that character have? What does this character like? What is this character's profession? If you have a character who is a shepherd by trade, um, then, okay, they probably have a crook. 
Uh, a, a shepherd's crook can be considered a quarterstaff. So what would a shepherd have on their quarterstaff? What, what, what kind of enchantment would be useful for like a family of shepherds? Um, and maybe it's something like uh, uh, it, it can cast uh, some sort of chain ability that allows you to move things or some sort of uh, rope uh, to just uh, let you lasso a sheep and then adapt that to combat. Um, and at that point, you basically have, uh, I, I think the spell is lightning lore that I'm thinking of, which is a mm -hmm. cantrip for sorcerers. Pulls them close. That allows them to move. Yeah, pull them close. Uh, yeah. And you can have a, 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 a quarterstaff, a crook, that has uh, basically a not lightning damage lightning lore. That's just a, uh, a movement slash uh, uh, kind of tactical move. Um, and you got a magic item right there. So I'm thinking. I'm thinking thematically. Uh, my mind went immediately to like shepherds needing to like shear the sheep. So you can have the ability where not only are you bashing someone over the head with this, but it's shaving them at the same time, just for added humiliation. There you go. <laughs> I like I that, that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the sillier the better. Sometimes with magic items, I just I just love the kind of just ridiculousness of them. Um, and yeah, just yes. the simplicity of putting a spell into something. Um, mm -hmm. So it can work exactly the same way. Like you don't have to worry about trying to make something that's balanced or you know uh, works well. It's just choose a spell and pop it in something that you think would look good or would work well for the campaign. Um, mm. yeah. And it, yeah. it, it lends itself right there to balance, where you can just say, okay, this spell, how many times a day can you cast it at this level? Okay, mm -hmm. well, let this item do one more or one less or whatever is appropriate for the spell, for the campaign. Yeah. You can just like play with the number there. I also feel it's helpful for um, if you do have a party that is all tanks and maybe don't have much in the way of healing, um, you can give one of those players um, a magic item that maybe does a healing spell. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah. it's a way of kind of like supporting the group if they don't have some of the utility that they need. Um I think that's a good way of doing it. They've got like a special a good talisman that does a thing um, that can help them. Um, not everyone has good berry, you know? So. <laughs> Dr. Punchlove has gloves that allow you to heal uh, for 1d6 damage. <laughs> and, you know, you still do take the unarmed uh, attack damage, which is 1d4. So hopefully you get higher on the healing guy. I really like the idea that they have to make the attack roll because then if you yep. miss, you can role play like, no, just, just, I promise, just let me hit you. Just, just, just let me hit you. Way. It'll get better. <laughs> let me love you. <laughs> Dr. Punch Love is I think, uh, punch original character. Do not steal. <laughs> I love that. No, it's free use. Free, free for anyone. As I, as I think about different items I'm getting from pop culture, it's also making me realize just how pervasive, especially as people our age and slightly older have come into producing media, how pervasive the influence of TTRPGs has been. So yeah. not only is there the the plethora of swords that Finn from Adventure Time goes through oh in God, his time yeah. and all the wonderful yeah. items he gets. There's a merchant, the Choose Goose, that he's constantly buying weird stuff from. There's yep. also a scene in uh, in Avatar. There are two different scenes in Avatar The Last Airbender where Aang, at one point they're at a shop and Aang tries to buy this armor and it's just this heavy, ostentatious armor. And it's very much like what you would get at level 80 in war, uh, World of Warcraft and it's uh -huh. ridiculous. But then later, 
Uh, he does receive a gift in the form of a staff, a new staff that he uses to fly around. And as we said, tailoring it to the character, it contains like a little a little compartment where he gets to store walnuts for a snack. And uh, it's like, yeah. okay, that's a great example of not only tailoring to the character's abilities, but to their personality as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you have if you're making items for your character specifically, um, Keep it, keep their personality in mind, not just to play to their personality, but maybe playing against it, uh, Mm -hmm. give them some conflict. Uh, maybe the paladin gets a really cool looking dagger that turns out to be really bloodthirsty. Mm. Um, doesn't speak. It's not sentient, but it just really makes them squeamish every time he slays something and it just drains all their blood, you know? Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh man. Items are just coming now. Uh, I love it. For help, if if what I do constantly is, um, and I'm going to say this, uh, I'm going to qualify this. Patreon is a wonderful website, especially for TTRPG creators. However, it is horrible at advertising. Pinterest yes. is a fantastic way to find these Patreon creators. And a lot of them will intentionally put the first page of a magic item on Pinterest so you can find it, go to their Patreon, and, and a lot of people do some very well thought out and very uh, well drawn and, um, and painted uh, depictions of these items. But that's where I go. I go to Pinterest and I look for mm. item ideas. There's even websites where you can put your own pictures and text into the card format so you can have a collection of custom-made magic items. But yeah, again, yeah. like we always tell people, just steal ideas and inspire the next people who'd steal them from you <laughs> yeah it's becoming a recurring theme and i i appreciate Elliot. that <laughs> i'm all for stealing ideas not actual stuff don't steal actual things because yeah. those people have worked hard creating those things okay yeah. gargoyle burger steal ideal <laughs> all about inspiration <laughs> yeah. and where listen you i can it. steal from the church that's fine oh facing just make sure that if depending if you're not if your inspiration is still very obvious, make sure you credit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not, it's no, not hard I, to credit where credit is due. Yes. Crediting is hard. very important. It's 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 key, especially because a lot of the time, um, and this is kind of getting into the nitty-gritty of it, but something like a magical item, um, if somebody produces a magical item or like a piece of artwork that people are using for magical items and there's no way to trace it back to them, then we come into this weird situation where maybe your version of that magical item becomes really popular or your yeah. uh, implementation of it becomes really popular and the original creator is unable to receive any sort of benefit or boost from it. So just make sure that you know who had, like I have pages long lists of uh, attributions for various projects that I'm in um, or for things that I want to work on. And those are just useful because I know I can just contact that person or I can make sure that I tag them in whatever social posts that I make that include that artwork as appropriate. Uh, it's it's important to uh, make your attributions properly so you're not you don't get yourself into legal trouble, first of all, but also just because it is morally correct to credit other people <laughs> for their hard work. 100 yeah. percent. On that, does anyone have a favorite creator of magical items that they may want to shout out in this episode? Hmm. Hmm. Mm. There is one Patreon I go to occasionally. Um, Rudox Tavern, R U D O K S Tavern. 
um they, they they have just great artwork uh usually great lore that they put into their projects and um mm-hmm. i always appreciate those oh that sounds really that good that is good um mine i have to say is um the fluffy folio on oh, nice patreon and all sorts of things um they have recently just got a tiktok as well which is amazing um they do a lot of um critters but they also do some really really cute um magic items uh and their artwork they do all the artwork themselves as well and it's absolutely amazing i absolutely love their style and i'm obsessed so go and have a look (laughs) if you're interested it's very good very good i think i've got one um i i would love to just bring some attention to alpha stream alpha stream is a uh, colombian american freelance author who's worked with wizards of the coast i believe on uh, acquisitions incorporated oh, nice. i believe did some uh, uh did some writing for the uh, the hardback uh of that um and alpha stream has a uh several things up on itch.io uh about like collaborative campaign creation and uh game master's guide to evolving magic items or uh like even things as fundamental as a code of conduct for rpg projects just That's for cool. like this is how we can come together and make sure that everyone is being treated equitably. It is such a wonderful suite of tools and uh, Alpha Stream is an amazing writer and just incredible, incredible stuff out there. Nice. Glorious. I I don't really have a go-to individual for uh, magic item creators, but uh, I do follow the podcast Unprepared Casters Hmm. and one of their Patreon benefits is they will encourage their patrons to create items for them that they then use in the episodes. And I have really enjoyed a lot of the patron created submissions that they've had uh, throughout their various, um, you know, arcs that they've played. Uh, And so it's not really any individual to go look for, but if you happen to follow that particular podcast or other podcasts that may do patron submissions pay attention when they do mention a patron submissioned item Mm -hmm. and maybe what the inspiration was and how the gm tweaked it because uh that's also a really great resource to find inspiration from as well are actual plays or streams that you may follow for sure on that sense of keeping an eye out for things. Um, one thing I ran across looking, especially on Pinterest for, for things, there's something in the TTRPG community, uh, especially the artist community known as sword timber. So I believe Mm. it's, I believe it's, uh, it's usually sword timber, not sword tober, but during September artists will enter these little contests to design swords uh, for TTRPGs and, and oh. with as many concepts and ideas as they can. If you just plug that into Pinterest, you'll see the ideas I'm talking about. And uh, it's, it's, it's a good way to get ideas and inspiration as well. Because uh, it's really easy to get locked into your, to your same uh, themes and ideas for yourself. This way you can get kind of an outside look like, I, I'm thinking of a sword named the Raven's Feather. And it was just a really cool concept. And what could... Even just with the name, what what abilities could go with a sword named that? And, you know, it all just starts springing from there. Mm. With, um, I figured to give people some help, uh, a little framework that I like to use when I'm trying to come up with a new item is 
the intended purpose of the item, the risk reward of using the item, and the consequences slash unintended consequences of the item. Mm-hmm. So uh, th- there's there's many, many examples of these kinds of boots, but these like rocket boots that can fire the fireball spell. Um, I came across somewhere you can use the rocket boots to fly 60 feet if you want, but you have to roll a dexterity saving throw to make sure you land correctly. You can use the fireball spell, but it is attached to your feet. So, you know, so, so <laughs> it, and that's, that's an item that the kids, they love that thing. And we've mm-hmm. had so many fun uh, misadventures with those boots. Uh, I bet. Even just standard Dungeon and Dragons Dungeon Master Guide fa- uh, Fair has some really fun stuff like the magic beans, the mm-hmm. the uh, the deck of many things, which is infamous. Um, yes. Yeah, so so putting that framework in, so you can kind of balance out your items and especially play into the narrative value of those items as well. For sure. Um, I mean, I remember just. I had to make an item randomly during a session uh, because my players are joyful and they like to not do what I want them to do. So (laughs) (laughs) I, um, I literally, they were obsessed with this music box that they'd found. It was an absolutely inane music box. I don't know why they were so obsessed with it. Um, and it, they just they had reached a bit of a dead end so i thought okay to help them i will make this magic box a little something special um and it ended up being um almost like a i don't know what you would call it like a it, a prison for a spirit so nice. it was actually um it had the spirit of a little girl trapped inside it so when they opened it in the mirror kind of like behind the dancing ballerina you would see the girl and she would be able to talk to you and the the magic thing about this no they've now become obsessed with finding this girl and who she is and where she came from but the good thing about this is that it allows them to speak to spirits through her so she can see other ghosts in the vicinity um so they were unable to get to a certain point or they kind of like couldn't figure out what to do next so i used her as a way of like hey, she can see something, you guys. (laughs) Um, And now they're carrying this thing around. And I'm like, well, it's your magic item now. So now you can use this whenever there may be ghosts nearby. So well done. Um, So yeah, things just kind of come across. So don't be afraid to kind of just create things, sometimes out of necessity, but sometimes for fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Why not? Why not? It's your own game. You can do what you like, basically. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Well, as as we said on our character creation episode, I think this is a topic we will be revisiting in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't really even touch on the uh, idea of harvesting and crafting uh, in TTRPGs, oh, yeah. and that's a whole fun subject. Uh, but I think as we go out today, we're going to craft an item together, Ooh. and I want to give each of you a that's little fun. assignment as part of the item. So, um, Emily... If you can give us uh, the basic type of item, whether it's a weapon or, uh, as you said, a music box, something like that. So the basic type goes to Emily. Um, Ibrahim, if you can give us a magical effect of the item. Hannah, if you can give us a 
possible unintended consequence of oh, the dear. item. Okay. And uh, after you guys do the hard work for me, I will give a, a quick background on the item. <laughs> All right. okay. I, I would I would like context before I come up with my... Yeah, fair enough. So I, I, think I, was, I was trying to do it in order. So yeah. Emily, if you give us the basic one, then Ibrahim can give us the effect. And okay. then Hannah can feed the effect from, from there. Sure. I'm going to say it's a conch shell. Ooh. All right. Ibrahim, huh. what does it do? Okay, a conch shell. Now I don't. Uh, what is a conch? Does a conch shell look like what I think it does? Does it look like, like a cornucopia? There's yeah. like a Venus comb yeah. type. Yeah, like it's it's the thing where comb. stereotypically, if you put it up to your ear, you hear the ocean, or you can blow okay. into it, or you like, can blow into it like, like a trumpet, a which yeah. never actually works. But... What was it? Uh, <laughs> hmm, uh, what was that book? Uh, Lord of the uh, Flies. Lord of the Flies. Yeah. Lord of the Flies. <laughs> oh, is it from that? Oh, there you go. Yeah, I was inspired. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's see. Um, I think this conch cell takes anything that you pour into it and duplicates it. Oh, Ooh, interesting. I like that. That's okay, cool. So, Hannah, unintended okay. consequences. I'm going to need to think on this for a moment. No worries. That's actually pretty OP. Like if you need water, just keep pouring it through, and it'll just keep. You just pour. Like, you just yeah. pour water in. Yeah. Well, it is OP until what happens. Yeah, there's right. a catch. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Once per day, this works as intended. Oh. If you try to do it more than once per day there's so many ways i could go with this um if you try to do it more than once per day it there is a 30 percent chance which is pretty high that the conch will destroy itself in a small explosion destroying itself the original thing that you poured into it the duplication of the thing you poured into it and creating a small radius of blast damage oh nice. dang damn kaboom so we don't have... get greedy. <laughs> mm. Don't get greedy. We have the conch of copying, and this oh, nice. this uh, conch shell was an heirloom of a Triton king, and uh, was altered as a proposed gift by a visiting artificer. However, the artificer might have uh, made a few mistakes on some of their equations and uh, buried the conch shell with these flaws. So Love it. there's Oof. a fun magic item that you can throw into your campaigns. The and, conch of uh, copying. The oh, conch like of it. copying. Because, <laughs> because Nick can't think of another word for copying right now. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I still think once per day is a little bit OP for that. Um, I think once per day is actually like, because that means, to me at least, that implies that sometimes you're going to be in a situation where you need it now. And once per day isn't good enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or somebody like used it. it on wine and you needed it for medicine. Yeah. And that's great because now it forces you into the risk reward. Are we going to try that yeah. 30% that's chance? True. Yeah. That's true. So I think then you just you just make sure that if the party ever needs a, a particular like consumable, you got to make it three. They need three of them. Can't do two. Yeah, <laughs> do two. that's yeah. good. And then you use it once. If you're really desperate, if if the risk is is important enough to you, you will roll the dice on that thirty percent chance. Oh yeah, players yep. will roll the dice. They'll always oh, roll the dice, literally and figuratively. I, does anyone else want a pun? Go for it. I was thinking, you know, the conch of copying, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Stay with me. Control C. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. This has been our podcast. <laughs> Delightful dungeon <laughs> diving. Listeners, if um, you would like a seat on this podcast, we have one available. Controls. Oh, my God. Uh, See, so wow. SEA. No, that's absolutely brilliant, Emily. That's got to be the episode title at this point, right? <laughs> hey, um, Unbalanced Encounters, do you want your Emily back? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I've always like TPK'd like, the whole party by accident. They don't want me back. <laughs> well, everyone, thank you for joining us on this unhinged episode of Delightful Dungeon Diving. Uh, I'm Nick. You can find me at Bearded Plaisance. I realize I need to spell that for people. That's P-L-A-I-S-A-N-C-E. Uh, on Instagram and uh, Delightful Dungeon Diving on TikTok. Please find Delightful Dungeon Diving and on the uh, Hive social network as well. Mm-hmm. I'm Hannah. You can find me mostly on TikTok at critical underscore stitch uh, and link tree therein for other places on the internet. And my name is Ibrahim. You can find me everywhere on the internet that matters at cosmic underscore Eve. That is Eve spelled I. B E. Um, stay tuned for more very exciting announcements from Prayers in the Static over on the Nameless Domain Twitch, as well as uh, more just uh, upcoming charity streams and uh, events. So just watch that space for more. And finally, I'm Emily Graymore, and you can find me on TikTok and Emily Graymore with an E on the end if you are unsure how to spell that because I like to confuse people you can also find me on Unbalanced Encounters which is probably where I will be only there because they won't let me back <laughs> anymore <laughs> no we love you Emily <laughs> <laughs> and um, I've got a link tree attached to my TikTok with all my bits and pieces on that you can find thank you and good night bye bye everyone I'm fucking up for everyone here, so no one else has to. <laughs> <laughs>